great is our God. How great is our God. How great is our God. Greater than all powers, all authorities. The greatest lover, the greatest father, the greatest friend, the greatest counselor, the greatest of all. How great is our God. How great is our God. Oh, Jesus. Lord, we thank you this morning for why we still hated you. You loved us. For why we were still sinners. You reached out and you pulled us out of hell and set us up in heavenly places. Oh Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We glorify your name. We glorify your name today. Oh Jesus, Son of God. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. Oh Jesus. Oh just allow His presence to fill you where you stand. His glory is here. His presence is here. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to heal. He is mighty to redeem. He is mighty to put you back on the path of righteousness. He is mighty to do all that. Lord, we just reach out to you this morning. We reach out to you this morning. Come have your way in our lives. Come have your way in our hearts. Come have your way in our families. Come have your way in our workplaces. Come have your way wherever we have influence. Lord, come have your way. Have your way in our lives. Say it, have your way. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Say it over your children. Say it over your finances. Say it over your spouse. Say it over your parents. Have your way, O oh Lord. Have your way, O oh Lord. Have your way, O oh Lord. We are your servants. Oh, Jesus, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Oh, God. I saw a picture and it was, I, it's, it's probably good if you close your eyes and see this yourself. I saw a picture and it was of this furnace and it, and it was this, this, like, uh, this big container just being poured over and it was full of molten gold. Molten gold was pouring down from heaven and it was going down through, through different ways and it was dropping onto clay. And as it dropped onto clay, I was go- it was creating shapes. It was shape- creating a, a figure here, a, a square, a triangle here. It was just creating different shapes, some more intricate than others. And I was saying to the Lord, how does the clay how, 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 surely you don't just come in and fill the clay. He goes, I come in and fill the clay and I define the shape I'm going to create. I define the shape I'm going to create. And I'm saying, what is this? And he's saying, it's a gift of grace. It's a gift of grace. Some in here, you've been trying to find solutions for problems. And, and from heaven today is a gift of grace to you. you. You don't know what it's supposed to look like. You've been trying and all he's looking for is malleable hearts of clay that will change into the shape that He's pouring into you. So Lord, right now we just receive, just put your hands up wherever you are. Lord, we just receive grace, grace for this season, grace for that issue that we're going across, grace for that workplace situation. Lord, come and have your way in our heart, Lord, today. We are your servants, come and refine us, come and pour in gold. We buy gold from heaven this morning, come and pour it into our hearts change, change the shape of our hearts, mold us and make us, filling us with your grace and with your power and with your goodness. We receive that. We receive that today, Lord God. We receive your grace. 
we receive your goodness. The good thing about gold is this. You melt it, it goes through a hard time, it's still there. It's still there. Where do people put money in hard times? They put it in gold. He is creating gold. Gold that's been through the furnace, gold that's been through the fire. And he's placing it in your heart for those who will have a malleable, changeable heart. Oh Lord, we receive your gifts this morning. Jesus, Jesus, how great is our God. How great is our God. How great is our God. Oh, there is something about praise which changes the way we think. Put it this way, it changes that clay shape within you so that His glory can fill. There's something about praise. I, I know that when I'm having a bad day, I just put a worship CD on and suddenly my, my bad feelings get melted away. I start to feel a, a different way. Why we just don't just say again, how great is our God? Just say, how great, how great, how great, how great is our God? 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 Oh, the name above all names, we declare you are great. 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 Great is your name, Lord. Great is your name, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Revelation says, buy gold from heaven. If your heart is, is become lukewarm, buy gold from heaven and buy righteous clothing. There's some in this place and you've been lukewarm for a while. You've been lukewarm for a while. You've been trying to pray, but it's not been coming. You've been trying to read your Bible, but it's not been coming. You found yourself in a lukewarm position. There is gold from heaven. There is gold from heaven. All it takes is a contrite heart. It's not about you trying harder. It's about you surrendering to yeah. His Holy Spirit. It's about your heart being malleable yeah. to His He's shaping His desires. Oh, Jesus. If you, if you are in that position of feeling lukewarm, just say that to God this morning. I nearly said tonight like you, Jared. Just say to God this morning, I'm buying your gold. Lord, sell me heaven. So sell me gold from heaven. Sell me gold from heaven. These things that I found valuable, that I've put into my life, I realize that they are worthless. I'm buying gold from heaven. I'm buying gold from heaven. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I was reading in Ephesians. If we're from verse 8, and I'll read it to you. If you want to take your seat for a couple of minutes, that's fine. But just keep in this state of prayer. You'll be back up on your feet in a few minutes. Is that all right? I'll just give you a little break. Ephesians 3, verse 8, and it said this, To me, the very least of all saints, is, Paul is talking to himself, disgrace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church 
to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I read that last bit, that there's been grace given so that the manifest wisdom of God can be made manifest through the church. To whom, well, let's get to that bit later because that's a bit complicated. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Paul carries on writing and he says that about the power and, and the love of God. And he says that, that the glory of God will be revealed in the church. He's coming again, but at this time he's been revealed in the church. How does that happen? That's the drug addict who meets Jesus and he's incredibly transformed and set free. It is, it is those who were struggling financially, but somehow they met with God and, and now they are, are, are generous to other people. It is transformed life upon transformed life, giving glory to, to Jesus, but also demonstrating to the world that our God is real, our God is powerful, that our God loves you through the lives, not of church buildings, through, through set lists, through worship lists, but through the individual lives of people sat here. Christ in you, not in this. Christ in you, the, the hope of glory. Christ in you. And it reminded me, and I'm going back to, the, to Ephesians 1, and it said this, Paul prayed this in verse 15, for this reason I too have heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you. And, and your love for, and our love for all the saints. Do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe, who believes in Jesus. There is a greatness of power that is available that Paul wants you to know right from when he read this. He needs the church to know, to have a revelation for their eyes to be opened, to understand that there is a power within us. Let me carry on. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the work of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, those words again, rule and authority, and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to who? To us, the church. The Father gives Jesus as a gift to us. The one who is the name above every name, the one who has power and dominion, He gives in us to live within us so that the one who has, has defeated evil, the one who created the universe, lives in you the hope of glory. the greatness of the power that lives in you. We want Jesus to save the world and, and, and He will do. But He wants you to do it on His behalf. He wants you to be His witness. What is His plan A for, for this earth? It is you and me living transformed lives which are affected by the glory of God where His power and His grace and His love are flowing through us. Let me just carry on. 
And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That victory which Jesus won on that cross, the fullness of that victory which Jesus won on the cross is yours. It's not us trying to convince God that he needs to fill us. It's us getting on, on the page that he wants to fill us. It tells me in my Bible, he wants to fill us with everything that he's got, all his power, all his dominion, all his glory. He wants to fill in us for the glory of Jesus. But through the vehicle of the church, through the vehicle, and that's because we start, start thinking buildings, through the vehicle of you and me. So, let me get back to that verse. Grace was given so the manifold wisdom of God may be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenlies through the church. Without going into a lot of theology, there is powers and dominions in the spiritual places. There are spiritual authorities in this land. How would they know the wisdom of God? We are the vehicle. We are the vehicle. We are supposed to demonstrate not only by transformed lives, but by the power of, that is within us, the power of our words, the power of our prayers, the power of praise. We, we are to demonstrate the wisdom of heaven to the authorities in this land. We are the answer. And if we do not, guess what happens? The authorities do not know the wisdom of God. Spiritual authorities, earthly authorities. The earth is lacking wisdom. Why? Because the church has not proclaimed the glory of God into wow. the spiritual atmosphere. Good yeah. Church, we've been silent too long, complaining rather than praying. I saw a vision in 2018. I say it's a vision. It was a glorified dream. Just sounds better when you say it's a vision, doesn't it? In 2018, and I saw at the church, and it was actually one of our locations, but it wasn't really our location. It was, it was a picture of the church. And inside, there was people inside rearranging the furniture, really being concerned with, with where things were, what songs we sang, how are we going to do this, how are we, we going to do that, not realizing that over the very building that they were meeting, there was a, a, a ravaged war taking place in the heavenlies. And the church was unaware. Yeah. And as I saw this, I heard from heaven, it is time for the church to find its voice. It's yeah. time for the church to find its place. It's time for the church to stop complaining and start defining the spiritual atmosphere, the authorities yeah. in this nation. So we're going to do it. Why don't you stand with me? I said you've got a few minutes. That was it. Hope you enjoyed your rest. Now it says the church, the church isn't me, the church is you. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to help us lead us in pray. But you need to open your mouth. Yeah. You need to speak your authority. What did it say in Ephesians? You have the power. The power that created heaven and earth lives and abides in you. We just need to believe it. We just need to see it and let it out.
2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 6 says this. The weapons of our warfare. Well, let me read it. I haven't actually, I, need, I didn't turn to it. I've, got, I've just got the first line and that doesn't help me, does it? I'll make something up and it will be wrong. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish, don't people write this verse, and we are ready to punish all disobedience wherever your obedience is complete. The weapons of our warfare are not against flesh and blood. They are against the spiritual powers. Just like it said in Ephesians, it's against the spiritual powers. People who set themselves up as our enemies are not our enemies. They're just people in captivity that we need to save and rescue and release. We need to love them. They are not our enemy. People who believe different things to you are not your enemy. They are just in captivity. Our weapons are powerful, not against flesh and blood. Our weapons are powerful against spiritual forces. It says strongholds. What is a spiritual stronghold? Well, what are, what are the spiritual strongholds? They're thoughts, they're ideas, they're ideologies which set themselves up above the Word of God, above what God says. When there's a lovely, righteous-sounding, good-sounding thought which sounds amazing and loving and caring, but it says itself up above the Word of God, it is evil. How do you know a spiritual stronghold? Well, because we get told we can't talk about it. If you feel you cannot comment on something, guess what? An idea has built a stronghold around itself and has camped itself in our culture. I'm not going to go where you think I'm going. I'm going deeper. The idea, we, we're missing this. Marxism is on the rise. Fascism is on the rise. They are ideologies that put themselves up above the knowledge of God. Why are they on the rise? Well, because the church has stayed silent. We have the authority. We have all authority, all power. Then we talk about sex. I read a very disturbing figure and, and I might even empty half the hole with this. We'll see, I don't think they'll go. I think they'll stay. It, I didn't have figures for the, for the US, I had figures for the UK. And it broke down the Christian denominations and, and the, ones that, the ones which had the most encouraging figures were the evangelical Protestants, as in Bible-believing Protestants. But the stats for 
Bible-believing Protestants in the US who believe that casual sex is okay is 37%. 47% believe that sex in a committed relationship is fine. How can you call yourself an evangelical? As in, I believe what the Bible says, and it is my, my, my anchor, it is, it is the standard, and have those beliefs. I'll tell you why. Because as a church, we stayed silent. And we've allowed nice sounding ideas like, well, if you love them, it can't be wrong. We need to have, we have a war on sexuality in this country. Does that mean we hate people? No. No, we want the best for people. Our heart breaks. If, if you are here and, you, and you, this is revelation for you in, 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 in this, you know, we thought, I didn't thought the church still preached this. We're not against you, we're for you. Why does the Bible have rules? Why does it have laws? It's because it's for your good. It's not, it's not God trying to be uh, domineering and say, you must do this because it makes me feel good. He's giving us rules for life because it is good for you. I thought the whole world knew that casual sex was a problem. Certain, a lot of secular commentators are now, as, as you were saying the other day, are, 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 are catching on that the sexual revolution in the West has caused incredible damage, mental illness. And it's a stronghold that needs to be broken. 